There's also interesting research that shows that when a company adopts better corporate social responsibility practices, that it has unintended positive consequences inside of the company, worker retention, worker satisfaction, innovation inside of a company goes up. So it's a it's a win-win-win. Welcome to the Impact You Podcast, an impactful podcast for financial advisors and clients who are interested in making a difference with the money they invest. Your host, Stephen Distante, is Chief Disruption Officer for ImpactU.me, a podcast dedicated to impact investing. Welcome to the Impact You Podcast. That's the word impact, no space you, an impactful podcast for financial advisors and clients who are interested in making a difference with the money that they invest. I am your host, Steve Distante, also known as the Chief Disruption Officer for ImpactU.me, a podcast dedicated to impact investing. Today, I'm joined by Gina Penn Tracy, and I like to refer to you as Gina with a J. How are you doing today, Gina? That's right. I'm good. You like Gina with a J? I do. And my mother was a little strange, so she put the J on there for me. I like it a lot. It works. So today we're going to talk a little bit about your practice. Um, you know, you have a practice that's in a specific field, which is the focus of this podcast. Maybe you could share with the listeners what is the name of your practice. The name is uh, Centered Wealth, and we just took on that name. My colleague and I, uh, Stuart Valentine in Iowa, we took on that name because it's really reflecting the way we want our clients to feel when they're working with us. We want them to have a feeling of being centered and not always calm, but at least feeling like they have a way to reference their financial life that makes them feel like they are coming, acting from the inside out. They're acting from their values and their core and their beliefs rather than having the world act upon them. Nice. I guess you gave a lot of thought to that, you and Stuart. Yeah, we thought about it for a number of years. We each came at this from our own individual practices. Mine was Ray Hart Financial and his was Centerpoint Investment Strategies. And we wanted to combine our brands because we worked with clients or we work with clients quite a bit together. Um, And so we debated it. And when I've um, been making decisions in my practice in the past number of years, I've been really going from a sense of internal feeling, you know, what is my internal sense? What do I want the experience to be like for the client? And then decision-making in that way. Interesting. So how do you get to that? So I I hear what you're saying. It's values, core beliefs. I like to call that living a congruent life in in so far as our investments kind of mirror um, what our beliefs are and so on. So how do you, how do you, get to that point when you're sitting with a client? What do you do? So how do I get to that point when I'm sitting with a client? You know, I think what's really useful is to remember that the best way to motivate people is through their intrinsic sense of value and purpose. And I'm not just saying that because I think it's a good idea, but there's a lot of research that says that Um, If people are intrinsically motivated, meaning that they're motivated internally versus extrinsically motivated, motivated externally to themselves, that they're much more capable of enduring 
hardship of sticking with their decisions, um, overcoming obstacles. And I think that that, uh, so that's where I come from when I'm listening to a client. I want to know what's internally motivating them. Um, and that, you know, that goes for myself as well. Like how am I motivating myself and what's really meaningful to me as a human being? Um, and then when you mirror those two things together with you and your client, you develop a really true long-term relationship with the client that way. It sounds like it's more meaningful than just a financial advisor and their client. This is a deeper sense of, of connection. Would you agree? I would definitely agree with that. I think um, I've been having a challenge in my personal life with a, a dear friend of mine going through advancing cancer. And the fact that I have deep, real relationships with my clients means that I can be authentic with them and let them know what's going on for me. And they become part of my support network, not in a, not in a um, boundaryless way, but in a way where they can check in with me and say, you know, how's your friend doing? They show me that they care about what I'm doing as a human being. And then we enter into a relationship that is mutually kind and generous to each other. And um, I think people really are able to take action in their own lives when they feel like they're cared for. So it sounds like it might be self-serving to me, but it actually serves the client as well. When I am going through an important decision in their life with them and saying, this is really what I think you should be doing they're hearing me and listening to me from a place of feeling cared for and heard and um, like I'm in this for their best interest too. So it's a mutual process and it makes both of our lives better, I think. Yeah, well, it, it's clear that you care for people and, and the clients that you serve sound like they benefit tremendously from that relationship. How long have you been doing this? Um, I've been an advisor since 2004, and I started into impact investing, which then was called socially responsible investing in the 90s as an investor. I've been uh, in this realm for quite a while. So if you started in the 90s, it, it was challenging to find things that were um, were in that realm. Um, I guess it's gotten a bit easier. I mean, at least I've seen that. It's been a bit easier that people are now waking up or becoming more aware of what impact investing is and companies are starting to um, really add them to their offerings. Are you finding the same thing? Yeah, I think that part of the hard part of this in the past for, you know, when people were interested in socially responsible investing and my own experience working with an advisor in the 90s was that most of the funds were not commission paying funds. And so the advisors had no incentive to work with a client to find the best investments for them. And so like a lot of other people at that time, I went out and, and did it on my own. And then um, I sold a company to my ex-husband when we got divorced in the early 2000s and decided I'm going to be that advisor that I wanted to have as a self-employed person, as a business owner, as a conscious investor. And that's how I designed my practice to be, be the advisor I never had, <laughs> which 
now uh, there's actually a lot of a lot of people that are interested in it, and it's a growing area, like you say. Um, and we have many more options. Um, I'm a little bit concerned that we're going to have um, not necessarily a bubble, but we're going to have some fraud because there's so much new money coming in this direction, and that usually attracts some sort of um, misbehavior. So I want to be careful, Ooh. especially careful with clients' money right now and careful vetting options and new offerings and things like that, just because it's a, you know, anytime you get a bubble type mentality, you have to be careful of that. Absolutely. Well, that's the value that we add to a relationship is, you know, it's truly something that we um, have in our, in our ability just to vet products and see if they're real or not to the best of our abilities. Unfortunately, people take advantage of, of, of many different types of clients, especially the elderly. Um, and, and unfortunately, they don't know what they're doing and get pulled in and lose their money. So it's, it's great to you know, protect the clients. And, and like you said, there, there are quite a few things bubbling and brewing out there. So we don't know what's real and what's not, especially in the newer areas. One of the ones that I've run over, run into lately is um, with regards to cryptocurrency. My gosh, cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency, and 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 um, impact investing. It's the wild, wild west right now. And, um, yeah. you know, it's really, nobody knows how to get their arms around it, but everybody knows that somebody's making a whole boatload of money, so how do I get in on it is what I'm asked. And, well, you know, and, and hold people back. Yeah, my, my big concern from an impact investment or a conscious investment point of view is cryptocurrency can be used in some very nefarious ways. And so, it, you know, it seems on the surface to be a very neutral endeavor or maybe even a positive, you know, alternative to our current economic system. But it, in, in practice, it's actually used to funnel you know, some very dark money. And uh, my, my own commitment, yeah. And the whole reason I'm in this is to change the way the economic system works and to mm. bring it into the light and bring it into inside of loving intention. And um, and so that kind of defeats the purpose to go into the darkness. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's interesting, somebody had, called me the other day and said, hey, there was just this uh, NPR discussion around impact investing in philanthropy. And I said, well, that's always the confusion. He said, no, 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 it was good. I said, what was it? And he said, well, they were saying that impact investing is not philanthropy and you can do good with your money while still earning a return. And I said, well, guess what? They got it right. That makes sense. That's, that's the goal. <laughs> is to do good with your money and have a return. Do you, do you have clients that can confusing messages or conflicting messages that impact investing is in fact philanthropy, which is not true? Yeah, I I get the question a lot. Um, you know, what's the difference? What kind of return can I make? Um, I get the opposite. I get clients who come to me and they don't want to make it a market return. They actively want to 
have below market returns so that the you know the enterprise that they're supporting has a better chance of succeeding which i think is fine if you you know if you're investing or if you're lending money to a startup company that's something you really really believe in and you decide you want to you want to charge them a lower than market interest rate that's totally a choice but you know the statistics behind uh, ethical investing or impact or SRI, however you want to phrase it, are really that it's an additive that when you screen out negative players, when you screen for positive players, when you actively engage in shareholder um, activism inside of a portfolio, you tend to either meet or outperform the traditional benchmarks that you're you're working against or you're comparing your portfolio against. Um, and so I I tend to whip out the studies and just go, here's the research, here's what we're basing the portfolio management on. And um, and then we look at each sector and see what's the return you want to make in this sector, what's the impact you want to have in this sector, meaning like if we're looking at large company US stocks, here's what you should be making over a long period of time in that sector. And the best approach for impact in that area is shareholder advocacy. Because the companies that are multinational that have a large footprint, they can move around based on government intervention. You know, if they want to pollute the river over here and the regulations change, they can move their factory somewhere else. But it's the shareholders that have the final say because they own the company. And so we need large companies to change their behavior if we're going to solve the world's problems. We can't just solve the world's problems with small companies, startups, direct placement investments. Um, and so when I work with a client, I'll work through the different parts of the portfolio and, and talk about the return the impact desired from that area of the, the portfolio. And then we build the whole overall goal of the return on, on everything working together versus just an all or nothing. This is what you can make. This is what you're going to do. You know, one size fits all approach. The traditional way of doing it, right? Uh, you mean the portfolio development? Exactly. That's the way many, many portfolios are designed and developed, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I think um, being more rigorous about portfolio development is an important part of doing a good job as an impact investment advisor because we have a whole other layer of concern on top of the traditional metrics of portfolio management. Interesting. So, so when you potentially do exercise um, shareholder advocacy. Um, is that something that you believe or have seen as being effective to bring possibly awareness or corrective action to a company? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's actually one of the things that makes um, being an advocate, being an activist tolerable right now for me is seeing the places where we are succeeding. Um, for instance, a whole group of shareholder um, act activists, meaning like Cirrus and uh, As You So, some of the large um, 
SRI funds got together and they were working on having Kellogg's not source palm oil from deforested rainforest land. And so they, and, and Kellogg's, you wouldn't think of palm oil with Kellogg's, but they control 40% of the world's palm oil. And so they, they did a multi-front approach where they put forward the, the shareholder action that they were going to present at the shareholder meeting to the board. They started working online on a social media campaign and the board adopted the resolution before it ever was presented to the shareholders because Kellogg's decided they didn't want the publicity of it even being voted down. And so that when you get a major player to change their behavior in one area, it creates a positive cycle within the industry. So you get other companies saying, well, I'm going to sign on to that same resolution and then you get the suppliers and the farmers to say, well, it's not worth our, our time to do this practice that isn't going to pay. And so you get the, chain, the supply chain to change their behavior. Um, and so it, it seems like incremental progress, and it really is incremental progress, but it's important because then the advocacy groups say, well, okay, we got Kellogg's to do this. What other company can we focus on now? Or they can say, Kellogg's decided to do this. Now, what we can, what can we present to Kellogg's as the next step? And I'm just using Kellogg's as an example because this is happening all over the place in many, many different companies. Um, but it's really important work that's getting done, and it's not getting a lot of publicity uh, in the impact investing world. That we talk a lot about the, the small direct placement investments versus this kind of large activism work that's being done. But it sounds very effective. It sounds like your voice, your client's voice, the shareholders' voices are being heard and the companies are responding in a positive way, positive in that they're reconsidering or changing what they're doing in order to, you know, not cause these these ripples or waves, or maybe they just didn't think of it, you know, and it's great that you're able to bring some mindfulness to something that, you know, potentially they didn't realize that was the impact that was going on as a result. So good job. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's very heartening. And there's also interesting research that shows that when a company adopts better corporate social responsibility practices, that it has unintended positive consequences inside of the company, worker retention, um, worker satisfaction, it all, innovation inside of a company goes up. So it's a, it's a win-win-win. It's good for everybody. And um, my clients get to have a much more balanced, broad-based portfolio because they're able to invest in larger companies um, with this purposeful investing approach. That's the whole idea, um, is to allow people to be impactful with the money that they invest. So I love that. Great. Good job. Is there a particular segment of clients that you work with? Do you have a model client or that you've fallen into this group of people that seem to work well with you? What is your ideal client or how does that work typically? How do you... How do you work with somebody who has an interest in doing this sort of investing? So how I work with um, somebody who's interested in this kind of investing and what's my ideal client. I, you know, a, a 
because I started in this world before it was really well-known and well um, thought out, I should know, I guess that's what's happening right now. We're being thought out a little bit more. Um, I, I decided to find clients by aligning activism. So because I'm, I was originally an activist in kind of environmentalism and food safety and uh, chemical contamination because I had cancer and I was uh, 19 from a drug my mother was given when she was pregnant with me, which is a whole other story. But um, I've been in the activist world for a long time and I decided to focus on clients who were already taking actions in their life according to their values. So whether that meant that they had a, a job that aligned with something that was meaningful to them, um, whether they were on the board of uh, nonprofits or you know, out marching for world peace or for climate change issues, um, I would connect with people on the level of resonance. So I've got clients in all sorts of um, worldviews and uh, ages and you know individuals and families and business owners, but everybody's very activated. They're all uh, taking some sort of action in their lives to make the world a better place. Um, and so it's kind of a different approach than having an ideal client in terms of the demographic or background or age group. It's much more about an alliance of um, intention in the world. So when you get a new client, where do they come from? Do they discover you? Is it marketing? How does that work for you? Uh, I would say the majority of my clients now, I come through referrals, which makes sense since I've been doing this a fair amount of time. Um, and then they also come through speaking events. Um, I speak at different small events or large events on the topic of uh, impact investing or more specifically, I'll give talks about divesting from carbon or um, you know, other types of specific issues that people are interested in, water rights or indigenous rights or um, gender equity, those kinds of things, how you can align your, your values with your investments on specific topics. Um, or I meet people through my own passions. Like I, I really care about the environment. And so I belong to organizations and I volunteer for organizations that are consistent with that, you know, 350.org and uh, invest, divest and, or divest, invest and um, other types of organizations. Uh, you know, I've been on the boards of art organizations and um, I've done fundraisers for uh, children's hospitals and things like that. So I think if you act on your heart and you follow your own, what gives your own life meaning, you find the people that you resonate with. And that works really well for, for finding good clients. Yeah, and that's got to feel good inside your practice to have to be surrounded with people who are like-minded, I'm sure. Yeah, and it, I try to keep an open mind and keep an open door to people who might have different perspectives but are equally as committed. So, um, mm. you know, I've, I've had to design portfolios with very different points of view. Uh, I did a 401k with Sharia 
law as the backbone of the 401k because the, most of the employees followed Sharia. Um, and so that was a really interesting experience. Um, mm. So Sharia, yeah. I, I do know what that means, but just for the listeners, can you explain what Sharia is? That is uh, the Islamic prohibition against, uh, well, as far as investment goes, it's the prohibition against uh, investing in anything that earns interest or charges interest. And so the structure of the investment has to be carefully aligned with ownership only. There can't be any debt inside of the, the fund or the investment options that you give the employees inside of that kind of a plan. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting um, methodology to to navigate, I'm sure. Yeah, I love a challenge. I love planning. I, I do complex estate planning and complex financial planning for clients. Uh, I love just you know figuring out how to make make the financial world of a client or a, a small business or an organization work best for them. So uh, it's kind of working a puzzle backwards. Interesting. So, so you got into the business of advising, financial advising, as a result of being an investor yourself, not being satisfied that anybody was able to do what you needed to them, them to do for you, and now that is how you serve the world in your practice. Is that correct? Yeah, and and aligning my um, my passion for changing the world. I really wanted a career where I was going to make a difference on the planet, and that, that was really important to me. Beautiful. That's that's a great way to manage a practice in your life. So I'm curious, have you heard of the UN? SDG or Sustainable Development Goals. Have you have you heard of that as of yet? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh okay. Uh, oh yeah. They, well, the UNPRI were kind of before that. That was what in 2001, mm -hmm. I think the the um, principles for responsible investment, and then the Sustainable yes. Development Goals have come since then. Exactly. And, and do you ever have clients that have an awareness of what those actually are, or do you bring do you bring that as a topic of conversation from time to time? Um, clients, do clients know the sustainable development goals? I, you know, I only have a couple of clients that probably do because they work for the UN. <laughs> but uh, even then, <laughs> even then, they might not. I think the U.S. Um, most people, most even. Uh, ethically minded investment uh, people in the U.S. don't know what's going on globally often. Um, that is I very to, true. Yeah, I, I read widely, so I like to know what's going on around the globe. Usually comes to us, you know, five, six years later after it's been developed in Europe. So it's good to keep, keep an eye on what's going on over there. There you go. Well, I think the U.N. did a pretty nice job of putting together the SDGs or the Sustainable Development Goals. And a lot of what you're talking about is clearly uh, part of those goals, but it, 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 it's no surprise given the fact that they're just, you know, areas that absolutely need attention in the world. So it's great to have a practice that focuses on that. So Gina, um, Gina with a J, sorry, I said we don't need here. <laughs> How would people uh, get in touch with you? Um, what is the, you know, what are the best ways for people to contact you if they should 
want to uh, connect with you and, and, and talk a little bit more about um, the practice? Well, my website or our website is centered-wealth.com. Uh, we tried to make it very simple. <laughs> and then my email yeah. is Gina with a J, J-I-N-A, at centered-wealth.com. So okay, so www.centeredwealth.com. With a dash between. Centered and wealth. Got it. Well, it was great talking with you today. Um, really appreciate your time. Um, and I wanted to thank the listeners for listening to today's Impact You podcast. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. And thank you, Gina, for your passion for serving your clients and sharing ways to invest with purpose. Um, it's been great having you on the show today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. You are welcome. And please stay tuned for many more impactful podcasts like this. I'm your host, Steve Vistante, gratefully signing off for this episode of Impact You. Thank you for listening today to the Impact You podcast. We hope that you continue to have a passion for serving communities and looking for ways to invest with purpose. Please stay tuned for many more impactful podcasts like this. Gratefully signing off. Thank you.